was his first picture of our family uh, drawn there for us. And yes, when my granddaughter Katie started eating with a spoon, what spoon do you suppose I pulled out? But the Care Bear spoon that my daughter had used when she first learned how to eat with utensils. Yeah, you know, there's excitement, celebration. You note each milestone. And that's the sense of anticipation and possibility that God comes to us with tonight to talk to us about growing up together. But on the other hand, when I say the word together at the end of that grow up, that can make us get a little bit quiet. A couple weeks ago, I went to the hospital to visit one of our older, wonderful women here at Evergreen. And she was, um, she was recovering and, and doing much better. We had a great visit. And she was always other-oriented. And she said, Ann, what's new at Evergreen? And I said, well, I just started um, yesterday the new e-women soap groups. And that's where we read a little scripture and we make some observations. Then we make application. And then we pray about it. And we're going through the book of John. And she said, oh, she said, that's interesting. I've never gone to a Bible study like that. She says, I like to go to things where I don't have to participate. She said, I mean, I just like to listen. She said, it all started when I was in the fourth grade. She said, I had glasses, and the teacher one day asked us a question, and we got to raise our hands to answer. And I raised my hand, and the teacher called on me, and I got the answer wrong. And she said, that was wrong. And I would think that anybody with four eyes would have known that. And she said, from that point on, through the rest of my years of school, all through high school, I never participated in another discussion. I like to sit back and watch in my relationships. Well, being independent like that, going it alone, trying to grow up alone, that can feel kind of safe in some ways to us. You know, there's no sharing life. It's reduced the risk of rejection. And I can look good. Well, at least I can avoid looking bad, which is what my friend was trying to do by stepping away from those kinds of conversations. And on top of all that, I can do it my way if I grow up all by myself instead of growing up together with you. Isn't there a song about that that Frank Sinatra made famous? I did it my way. So some people have subscribed to that. But tonight, God's invitation to us is that he created us in such a way that we need each other to grow up and become everything that he wants us to be. And Ephesians 4.16 extends this invitation so well. So I want to read it for you, and you can read it there on the screen. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Now, that's the NIV version, the New International, but I want to read it to you in the New Living Translation. I like the way it says it, too. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. In this one little verse, this one little nugget that Paul gives us in Ephesians, we see two things. First of all, we only grow up together. You notice the words that he used, the whole body, every supporting ligament, as each part does its work. There are no exceptions. There are no exclusions in parts of the body that don't need each other. Every part depends on each other. 
when you and I go it alone, we can get weird, we can stall out, we can get stuck, we can atrophy. It's only when we're connected to each other that we can really grow and become everything that God wants us to be. God is inviting us here to interdependence rather than independence. And interdependence, as most of us know, is each of us depending on the other and all of us depending on God. That's the invitation here. Well, Thursday, this last Thursday night at 7, we had our Thursday night soap group. And we start in a large group, we worshiped, and then we broke into small groups. And my small group of about 10 women began to share out of John what they had heard the Lord say. One woman had prayed during a work crisis that week and had seen the whole situation turn around that very day. And it involved a huge financial problem. But God had provided. Another woman shared how she had turned to God when they had gotten stuck on the beach. You see, they'd gone out to have some fun on the beach in a place where they let you have your vehicles. And she went down there, her and her husband. They were driving all over, and they really didn't notice that the waves were coming in, and they got stuck. They couldn't get loose. There was no one else out on the beach with a vehicle. And so they stopped, and they prayed, and they asked God to rescue them because their vehicle was going to be swept out to sea. So they stopped and prayed, and a guy came down on the beach with a monster-sized truck and all the equipment to help pull them out and got them out just in time so that the surf didn't carry away their vehicle. Now, another woman had shared great questions that she had. She was wondering, what did John really mean when he said these things about Jesus? And then another woman went on to share how she'd changed her whole approach to her Bible reading in the mornings, in reflecting and listening more for the Spirit's emphasis instead of going, doing a more academic diagramming of the passage as she might have been prone to do in the past. Now, I had been at ease since early in the morning, and this was now by this time eight, almost eight o'clock at night. But I have to tell you what happened for me while I was with these women. You see, I was encouraged and inspired by their faith. And I was challenged by the short window of time it took them to turn to Jesus and pray first and not wait. And I was inspired too by the inquisitiveness of fresh eyes, someone who had just barely met Jesus and was looking at the scriptures and just asking all those questions. And it was just, it was refreshing. I found myself energized at the end of our time. And I just thought about how everyone matters, that we all help each other grow up. No matter where we're at in our journey, from I just said yes to Jesus and I barely know who he is, to having walked with him for years, and each inspires and encourages and instructs the other. And that's what happened for me that night. Now, the second thing that Paul says here is that we only grow up as we each give. We only grow up when we all give. This is that neat little phrase toward the last part of this verse where it says, as each part does its work. Now, it says that the body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Well, you notice that it talks about those supporting ligaments, and our bodies have 900 ligaments, and ligaments are that fibrous tissue that connects bone to bone, and they're called the stabilizers of the body because they are what keep a joint when undue pressure or unusual pressure, like say a football tackle, happens, they keep the joint from going in odd directions that may end up with the fracture of multiple bones. So think of LaMichael James a couple weeks ago. He had his elbow, he's the star running back for Oregon, and he had his elbow knocked out. 
But fortunately, he had healthy ligaments, which kept it from going completely out and, and breaking in two, having the bones actually fracture. There was still some stability there that kept it, and they could pop it back in. And fortunately, he didn't tear his ligaments. They were stabilizers. Well, we also have 630 muscles in the human body. And each one of those muscles has a special design to give us power or strength to do something. Whether it's to do things with our arms or our legs or our toes or our fingers or our neck or our eyelids or our smiles. Just amazing. And each one of us has 50 to 75 trillion cells in the average human body. Many of those have very specialized functions, but all of them have this one purpose that together they try to keep our bodies as healthy as possible. And Paul uses this biological metaphor, and all the words here that he uses in the Greek are so um, medically technical, uh, even in his day, that they thought he might have consulted Luke, the physician, to get a little help with this metaphor. But what was he trying to tell us? That we all grow up when each one of us gives what we've been given to give. I learned this one of the many times, but the big time in my life that I got to learn this was when I was 21 years old, I was working in an ER swing shift. And I, that because I was working swing, I went to different kinds of fellowships. So I did an early morning uh, Bible study that I was a leader at, and then I went to a study and attended it mid-morning. But this mid-morning study was a whole bunch of women, oh, I don't know, over 100 women. They were all married. They had kids. They were at a lot different place in life than I was. So I'd been attending for, I don't know, a couple months, and I was thinking, why am I going to this thing? I don't relate to any of these women. They're all at a different place in life. I like the college studies. Those are better. Um, you know, we're all on the same page. I go to the study that morning because the Lord still said, no, I want you to go. So I go. I sit down in the back, not surprisingly. And Vicki Becker, one of two women's pastors at the church there, came up to me before the study started and said, Ann, do you have a word from the Lord? Of course. Oh, yeah, I had a word from the Lord. <laughs> not. <laughs> I could say, I have a word of complaint for you, <laughs> but I didn't do that. No, in my mind, I started searching, Lord, <laughs> do you have a word that you would just drop on my heart right this minute <laughs> to save my bacon, <laughs> to help me look good? <laughs> but that didn't happen. And she said, I, I turned to her, I would never, I mean, I was not going to make up a word from the Lord, okay? I was smarter than that. So I told her, no, I really don't. She said, good. She didn't say good. She said, Ann, I'll be back in a couple minutes and ask you again. My wonderful friend, Vicki. So she goes back up, and she comes back just before the study starts. She says, do you have a word from the Lord for us? Well, meanwhile, I have been just going, God, what have I read recently? Is there anything that you want to just, you know, put on my heart? That would be the time. But no, I didn't. So I told her, I don't have a word from the Lord. For and she said, you need to change the way you come to this. You need to ask the Lord what he wants you to give instead of thinking about what you're going to get out of it. And I was silent, just like you are. <laughs> so then she proceeded to have the whole study, and at the end of the study, she got up and gave the whole room a lecture about that very thing, which I knew it was like the, I was the blue light special, okay, in the back of the room that day. Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 4.10, Each one of you use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in all its various forms. 
I have to tell you that that has been a lifelong lesson for me that has stuck with me. And I thank Vicki for that. It all comes back to we only grow up as we all give. Each part of the body, our physical bodies, works together to help us have a healthy body. And the same is true of Christ's body, of which we're called. We get to be for the growth of every one of us, for the whole, not just my little part, what's in it for me. Each for the other and all for Christ. That's a short way of saying it. Well, when you came in today, you received a couple of handouts. One of those was this e-opportunities. And this is a new version of one we gave out several weeks ago. And on it are a tremendous number of opportunities for you to grow up together with some other people. But tonight, we're going to highlight one of those. And it's called Marriage Mentors. And this is a new opportunity to grow. And our Marriage Mentors are some couples who've been married for at least 10 years or more. Um, not with perfect marriages, with growing marriages, with healthy marriages. That's, we're always looking at the direction of a marriage. And I've asked them to come up now if they'd join me on stage. Russell and Kay Green are leaders of marriage mentors. And we have Dennis and Lynn Mentor, one of the mentor couples, and Kevin and Becca Tinter. Yeah, can we welcome them? And I've asked them, first of all, to just tell us their marriage story in two minutes or less each. How's that for a challenge? Let's, let's start it right down here and we'll work our way. We get to go first. Are you, you got it? Okay. Well, for those of you who were at the uh, marriage retreat, I will spare you the story that I made up about being in the Navy SEALs and meeting my wife <laughs> that way. Uh, we actually had a pretty, uh, pretty vanilla mar uh, relationship or a, a meeting each other. We, uh, uh, we met in high school, our youth group, and uh, we were participating in a choir that did a musical, and we went around to various uh, churches around the Northwest. And for some of you, probably can't imagine me in a musical. I was actually in the kind of one of the background people, I can assure you. But uh, that's how we met, and we dated through high school. So I'll let Kay kind of finish that up a little bit. Another interesting fact we were talking about today, I actually came to the church through um, the bus ministry back in the, I guess it would have been the um, 70s. And the buses would go out and bring children to church for ministry. And so in uh, grade school, I came to this particular church for a season through the bus ministry. And Russell's father was my bus driver. Um, and then I returned a little later in junior high and met him briefly and then came back my sophomore year and we met and started dating and married a few years after that. So we've been married 32 years, four children, four grandchildren. Yay. Well, Beck and I met um, right after we both graduated from high school and then uh, within, I don't know, less than a year, we started dating. Um, one, the thing that attracted me most was uh, her athleticism and good looks, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'd been in a dating relationship where uh, my girlfriend had not a whole lot of athletic interests and just of the similar interests as I did. So finding a woman who I knew could be a companion and a friend um, was a big deal to me. Um, we got married when we were 21. Um, we were living on love. We moved from Ohio to Oregon. 
Um, and had really, that whole living on love thing was awesome because we just had each other. Um, our dates were um, playing racquetball and uh, being frugal, me trying to make dinner. Let's see. First birthday, I think we had ended up having cereal. I made cereal for her because uh, I think I burned the waffles. But um, anyways, um, we, uh, we had our first children, uh, let's see, 20... 30, 30, something like that. Um, but uh, we had almost almost nine years together, um, just the two of us, which was awesome for us to build our relationship. And uh, now we're enjoying being parents. Thanks. Let's see. Uh, Dennis and I met, oh, I don't know, about 15 years ago. And we met when we were older. We are from, we are a blended family. And... Um, I was living in California, and uh, we, the first time we met was on a, a, a rafting trip on the Rogue River, and um, had a great time. We had friends that, that introduced us, and uh, Dennis had a son, Luke, at that time. He still has one, but um, <laughs> all our kids are grown and gone, <laughs> except for Luke's back home. Um, and anyways, we were going down the river, and um, I was in the, I, I'm not a real water person, I was in the big raft that had like six people in it, and then um, uh, my daughter, my younger daughter, was in a smaller raft in front with her cousin, and we came to the biggest rapid, and all of a sudden, Laura, the raft turned over, and I screamed. I was scared to death. Oh, my gosh. And uh, Dennis got out of, were you in our boat, in my boat? in a Tahiti, that's right, and saved my daughter. <laughs> so I knew he was my man. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and then we, I'm, I moved up here from California, and we've been married um, over 13 years, and we have five kids between us and four grandkids, and um, most of them living out of state, which is, you know, really hard for us, but um, we've had a great marriage. We're going to start here with this couple again, and you'll get a chance to applaud them there at the end. But I've asked them to address the second question, because we're talking about how we all grow up together, and they're inviting you to be mentored in your marriage um, along with them. And so um, they're going to share with you one way that they have grown up in their marriage relationship through the help of someone else, because that's what we're inviting you to do by um, engaging with a mentor. So, Well... When we got together, Lynn and I had, we, we went through all of our premarital counseling and, and asked all the questions and, and did all the homework and everything. And we knew with the kids that we had that we were absolutely not going to have any problems at all. And um, <laughs> shortly after, you know, the I do's were done, uh, we found out that that probably wasn't going to happen quite that way. And, and, you know, we went through a series of things. All the three kids became teenagers like overnight within about a year from us getting married. And a few years later, we, we always knew that one of the hardest things would be is if one of the kids wanted to go live with one of their other parents. And, and that happened with my son. And at the time, we were in a group uh, of other families that were very much like ours. And it really, really tore us. We weren't sure what to do. We felt like we were being attacked. And uh, we actually even felt like maybe we should step down. And at that time, uh, one of the ladies in the group came to us and she says, you know, this is a time that now you can walk the walk. We talk the talk, we talk about hanging out there on faith and trusting that the Lord's gonna get you through it, and that's easy to do. 
but whenever you have to walk the walk, you know, it, it kind of puts a whole new perspective on it. And, you know, we realized that we had to, we had to have faith. We gave, you know, Luke to the Lord and said, he's yours, and he's going to be 3,000 miles away in Indiana, and there's not going to be a whole lot of opportunity we have to parent him, but we know that you've got his best interests at heart. And uh, he just moved home here a while back, and uh, he's doing wonderful. So it was our group that held us together. It was our group that inspired us to, to get going again, and we just kind of helped each other through similar difficulties. Thanks, you guys. For me, individually, um, one of the people who's really um, helped me grow as a husband is actually Becca's dad, my father-in-law. Um, he has uh, always been an example of someone who puts other people first. Um, he's one of the few fathers and husbands that I've seen uh, get involved with things like doing dishes and um, just really, you know, being a servant in the house. And uh, I've seen him just constantly put uh, his wife and kids and just other people, regardless of who it is, um, first. And that's really been a good um, model to me. Um, <laughs> we've had other couples through our marriage, but the two people that stood out to me were um, two women that are family members. Um, one would be my own mom. Um, partly just because my father um, is a great dad, but he was an FBI agent for most of my life, and which meant he was practically married to his job, not by choice, because he loved his family, but by time schedule. And I watched my mom uh, parent us, run the household with a sick child at home, and just um, try not to be bitter at my dad about that, knowing that he was doing what he was called to do. And so that was really powerful for me as far as supporting a husband in law enforcement, which God paired us up just right. Um, <laughs> I was prepared for that. And then um, another woman in my life that had to go through a really hard marriage. And even now, it's really coming out of that and God's redeemed it and sort of turned the, the ashes to beauty. But watching her faithfully stay with her husband through those years to raise her children in a Christian home. And I have, I have a wonderful husband, so this doesn't apply in that direct way. But just knowing that her persistence, her faithfulness was something that I could look up to. And no matter what happened between Kevin and I, that Christ would be um, the glue that would hold us together no matter what. And so she was really inspiring and still is to this day. So. We've also had a number of couples and, and groups through our, our years, but I was reminded, um, I grew up in a non-Christian home. My parents are still not believers, and so I didn't ever have modeled for me what a Christian marriage looked like, what a Christian wife was supposed to be, and so um, our senior pastors at the time we got married, um, he took um, the young men under his wing and, and really taught them, and sh I was part of a Bible study under her, and I watched her. I watched how she treated her husband in public, how she spoke about him even when he wasn't there, and just really set an example for me of what a Christian woman as a wife should be. And I would echo that. The, uh, the same... Uh, our pastors, uh, James and Betty Belmore, they were, uh, they were really our spiritual parents. And uh, I know with uh, Pastor James, the idea of, 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 as Kay said, just taking us under our wing, under his wing, and sharing God's perspective of what a man is and what a husband is was uh, a very, very powerful uh, message for me to receive because my father was uh, a great provider, but that entailed being gone 16, 17 hours a day, six days a week typically. So Pastor Belmore was a, a powerful example for us. 
And I've just asked if uh, Russell and Kay will issue an invitation to any of you who might be interested if this is a way that God's inviting you to grow up together in your marriage. Then, Russ? Thank you, Ann. We, we really do want to extend an invitation to you to consider our marriage mentor program. Uh, we are obviously not perfect marriages represented up here. We're walking a path just like all of you are. Uh, but we've found that when we walk it together, we find ways to, to strengthen one another. And, and I think, to be honest with you, I have a feeling that the mentors are going to get as much out of this as, as you will. But I, I encourage you to consider participating. We have uh, uh, several tools that we can use uh, and as part of that mentorship. Uh, we are working with the Prepare Enrich program. And uh, there's an assessment that you can take that really helps you understand your strengths and weaknesses and mostly your strengths, hopefully, but, but the, areas, the areas we need to work on. Uh, so that's a, an exciting thing that uh, we can partner with you on. And uh, we're just excited to be able to, to walk with you. And uh, if, if you'd like to talk with us in the uh, foyer after service during our reception time, we will be out there milling around, and uh, we'd have, be happy to, uh, to talk with you some more about mar marriage mentors. Can we just say thank you to all of these guys? Thank you, guys. I just said we'd see how chivalry is going these days. <laughs> well, that's a here opportunity. You know, we think about the body of Christ, the amazing thing about it as compared to just a physical body, the metaphor Paul used is the fact that the body of Christ is worldwide. And so this whole notion of we only grow up together and we only grow up when we give, it applies to here, near, and far. And so we've just given you a here example, and this is just one of the many ways that you'll see in your e-opportunities to connect. There's so many ways that we grow up, including ones that aren't listed there that you just connect with in your community. But also, we connect with people far and give what God's given us to give so that they can grow up together with us in Christ. And it was two years ago at Christmas that we invited you to help some kids and adults in Uganda experience the love of Christ for the first time and experience the security of a home in the kids' case for the first time. And so... Tonight, I wanted to let Lori Dickerson, our missionary and founder of Cornerstone Ministries, which is both a church, an orphanage, and a school, come and give you an update on how the kids are growing up together because of what we've all shared in. Let's give her a warm welcome. I'm excited to get to share with you tonight about what's been happening. I want to say first, thank you so much to all of you who've been a part of this over this last two years. It's been an amazing adventure and journey, and um, I'm going back in a week, and so I'm, I'm excited. I want to see my kids again. It's been too long. Um, we began two years ago, and um, <clears throat> we began with nothing. And I want to show you just the three areas, the transformation that's happened in the last two years. The first picture is of our kids at the very beginning. This is the very first day, February 15th, 2010. They all came, and they weren't quite sure. You, you all remember Charity? She's the second there on the, from the left. Yeah, 
never smiles. That's charity. Um, <clears throat> so these were the kids on their very first day. That's Pastor Rogers in the back. He, he and I are partners in this. Um, in this ministry. And the next picture is them in August of this year. <laughs> so all in the front are all the kids, and then that's a lot of the staff. So there are so many people's lives being transformed in Budaka because of you, because of other people who are, who are giving, who are praying for us. And um, this is our staff. We have a staff of 18 people now. Um, that are their lives are changing transforming we have a lot of government officials whose lives are changing or we pray that they would change if you would just pray for that um, a lot of residents in budaka the next picture is a picture of our uh the very first day of church that we had that was in february of 2010 and uh, we had 29 people on our very first day and the next picture shows um our youngest children's class now, which has 21 kids in it, almost the same size as our very first Sunday. And this is our little kids that are up to about three or four years old. And they, they're meeting in a room, it's about eight feet by eight feet. That's all the space. We're renting right now 12 different places in Budaka to, to do everything that we do. Um, the next picture is our school, the first day of school. That's our first kids who came. Many of these kids had never been in school before. They weren't quite sure what we were gonna do, so I took a picture of them because I wanted to remember what they all looked like before, and they were so scared. And the next picture is a picture of our school today. We have 117 students. <clears throat> and uh, that's uh, 31 of them are our kids, our orphanage kids, and then the rest are from the community. This is one of our businesses that we do. So the people who come uh, outside from the community, they pay school fees that pays for our kids and it helps support the orphanage. So these are our kids. The next thing I want you to see, the first uh, couple pictures, this is uh, Natasha on the left. And some of you know, because you get the emails, by the way, if any of you want to get emails, there's a sign-up sheet out there. I send them out about once a week. Pretty, pretty good at that with some pictures. This is Natasha and Natasha's mother had left and left her in charge of three little children and had not, uh, never came back. So um, this is Moses, some of you will remember Moses. He's in Roger's arms there. And then the two other ones are back behind. The next picture shows what the house, this is the house they lived in. This is the food that she was trying to fix. Um, just trying to get people, uh, her, her brothers and sisters, something to eat. The next picture shows us standing at the front of their house. We went in and said to Natasha, we have an orphanage, would you like to go? She said, yes. So we took her, they've been with us. So now I wanna show you some pictures of them today. This is Natasha. This is in August of this year. She saved up her allowance money, those of you who know about the allowance, and she got to go swimming with us. So she's very excited. She's standing there just waiting for us to go swimming. The next picture, that's Vanessa. And do you see her ear? It's actually a sticker from Starbucks here. Starbucks sent us some stickers. <laughs> so. They were all over, if you, if you go out um, afterwards, Abby will have her computer playing pictures and she has all the sticker pictures and they've got them on their eyes and their ears and yeah, everywhere. Okay, stickers, just like here, right? <laughs> when you give your little kids stickers. And this is Isaac now, today. Um, and he's about three, four years old. And the next thing, wait just a minute on the next one, but the next one is a video of Moses. Now I have to tell you about Moses because when we got him, he weighed not quite 12 pounds, he was two, over two years old. And <clears throat> He couldn't walk, he couldn't talk, he couldn't even lift his hand up to his mouth to eat. He has HIV AIDS, he's our only child who's uh, positive HIV AIDS. And <clears throat> we took him to the doctor, they said he was about five days from death when we got him. 
because his older sister was just trying to take care. She didn't do anything. She told me, she said, I used to go get medicine for him, Pastor Lori, and I would go, and I didn't know what medicine he needed. I just knew he was sick, so I'd just get anything and give it to him. <laughs> Because she's eight years old. She didn't know what to do with him. So um, Abby came back with me this year to uh, Uganda and stayed with us for six months. And she, one of the projects she had every day, she took Moses for two hours and worked on him with walking, with talking. He has some kind of speech impediment. We're not quite sure what it is. <clears throat> but you'll see that she's, she also signs, so she taught him signs. So watch this video of Moses. Thank you. Hair. See him walking. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> That's Moses today. This little boy was almost dead a year ago. An amazing transformation. Back in May of this year, Pastor Rogers and I were talking, praying together, and we both went, we're supposed to have more kids. And um, so we went out to a little village that's near us called Kabuna, and we asked somebody who was from there. We said, would you help us to find children who are truly needy out here, orphans? And one of the girls was Brenda. This is Brenda. Brenda's in the bright yellow dress, and her auntie is the one over here on the right in the white. And uh, she had all these other children that she was caring for, people, and she just couldn't care for all of them. Brenda and Doreen, Doreen's the little one there in the blue dress, <laughs> and she's a kick, but we're not talking about her today. Um, but Brenda, um, Brenda and Doreen were sisters. The dad died, the mother left, and so the auntie took them. The next picture shows uh, Brenda on the first day. This is when we first got her, and <laughs> Brenda, we have two Brendas now. So they call themselves Brenda 1 and Brenda 2. So this is Brenda 2, and then Brenda 2 today is the next picture. There she is. Amazing transformation, these children. Amazing transformation because all of us working together are making this happen in Uganda. Um, the last thing I want to show you um, is a video of our kids. And uh, I'll, I'll end with this. But I wanted to tell you that part of the reason I'm home now is because it's time for us to build a home for our kids. We're renting right now. We rent 12 different places around Budaka. And so it's time for us to begin building so that our kids have a home that they can call their own. Um, the man who rents to us right now has raised our rent for the second time now. He raised it 50% for this next year and 25% last year. We just can't keep doing that. So we have land, thanks to all of you who gave last year. We have land, we have blueprints. It's time to build. So I want to I show you this building now, and um, I mean this uh, video now, of our kids singing. This is a song that many of your kids know, the banana song. I like bananas. I know that mangoes are sweet. I like papayas. Papayas? but nothing can beat that sweet, sweet love of God. So I want you to watch this.
<laughs> That's fun. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work.